welcome back to another daily walk. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about our responsibility to draw near to God. This is one of these, these principles. Uh, once again, we have to clarify, we're not talking about a works-based salvation. We're not talking about something you do to merit or earn your salvation. But we have to understand salvation itself, uh, the broad category of salvation carries with it multiple different portions. We, we have propitiation. We have justification. We have sanctification. There's a lot of different elements back and forth. And some of the things like free grace, which are so narrow in their scope, they cannot make a difference and uh, a spotting the the differences and the nuances between between these points because salvation itself the the actual merit of justification is exclusively on the basis of God's selection and God's accomplishment he chooses us he redeems us but the part of the the part of salvation itself is sanctification which is a portion we have a part in now, justification is the thing that brings it in, but the from the, the biblical perspective, a person who is justified, truly justified, not professing to be Christian, not coerced into saying a prayer, but a truly justified person is going to start exhibiting fruit in the Spirit, which is going to manifest itself in a lot of uh, different means. And so what we have to do is recognize that part of that principle of salvation is us walking with Christ in sanctification. Sanctification is a process by which we and the Spirit work in conjunction to conform our lives more and more into Christ. Okay, that's not works-based salvation uh, for people who are trying to suggest that, but this is what the Bible teaches over and over and over. So a friend of mine actually um, made this connection and, and coined this, uh, this statement in our Bible study a few weeks ago, recognize our responsibility to draw near to God. This is that principle of sanctification. Uh, we, we were actually discussing uh, the last chapter in Hosea when he um, wrote this down. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return uh, to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. That's Hosea 14, 1 through 3. Well, my friend doesn't just stop at little statements like that. He digs through the scripture and demonstrates his point. And of course, now we have to look at the, the book of James. And again, we'll, we're going to talk about this free grace stuff a lot because there's a free grace guy that keeps on leaving these comments about I'm a heretic, whatever else, all over the place. Um, because really the free grace model doesn't understand. It doesn't have a, a depth of scripture. It understands a few basic principles. Uh, and of course, it rejects the gospels all out. And it sees Paul as the supreme apostle and everything else has to conform to Paul or it couldn't possibly mean what it actually says. The problem is, is that, I mean, even Paul has these statements um, in several different places. Uh, we've talked a little bit about those in Titus, but I'm going to bring you to the spot where my friend went to. And then another observation that, uh, uh, that also matched that exact same principle uh, from Peter. 
Uh, so take it as you may. We're going to look at James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It will go on, but I think that's the relevant portion there. And so what we see in this is that we do have a responsibility to get in and submit ourselves to God. If we profess to be saved, and uh, some of us, particularly in our early walk with Christ, we are saved, but we have not yet grown yet. We do not yet have the, the manifestation of the Spirit really working and guiding our decisions. We're going to still walk in many ways in the ways of the world. This is why it's not a simple pass-fail. Okay, once you are completely saved, you are immediately perfectly godly and holy in all things. That is literally what the free grace people think Calvinists teach, which doesn't happen. It's not exactly not anywhere close to what we teach. But what we're saying in the Calvinist viewpoint is, as a Christian, you will ultimately begin manifesting the works of Christ. Uh, and that is uh, what's going to happen. Um, you're going to start sinning less in your life. You're going to bring on more, um, you're going to bring on more, more Christ in your life. And so really the responsibility we have is as a Christian, we have to read the scripture and then start looking at our lives and start saying, look, I need to do X, Y, or Z different decisions because as a non-believer, you know, Ephesians, you go back to Paul, uh, I didn't pull out the exact verse, but it's in Ephesians 4, walk no longer as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Okay, so what this principle is telling us is when before we were saved, we walked in horrible and terrible ways. Well, those habits remain with us even after we are genuinely saved. But before the Spirit really convicts us of our sin, we might still walk in those things. Well, a true Christian has a responsibility to grow in Christ through reading the Scriptures, through good Christian fellowship. And the church should not be telling somebody, well, you can't do X, Y, or Z anymore. The church should be opening up the Scriptures and letting the Holy Spirit do that that work. Because a, a truly saved person who is into the scriptures is going to recognize, okay, I can't keep going to the bar every Friday night. I can't keep engaging in fornication. I can't keep watching the same stuff. I can't keep uh, I can't keep reading, uh, you know, reading the same materials. I can't keep going to the same websites. But to let the Spirit convict us of these. But we have that responsibility to draw near to God, okay? We have the responsibility to draw near to God. Submit to God because it's not natural. Our fleshly man within us still wants us to seek out the flesh, man. It's great. Um, we have to resist the devil so that we do not... Uh, we do not keep on walking into things of sin. Uh, but when we start resisting the devil, he's like, fine. Uh, and then he'll go and he'll bother somebody else who's not drawing near to God and in the scriptures. Then, of course, once you start doing this, then God starts drawing near to you. And as he draws near to you, you're going to see and experience that sanctification. Now, the similar principles is laid out in 2 Peter. So if we have a look at 2 Peter, I love this, uh, this portion of scripture here uh, because uh, it's this, it has this, this root of our, the depth of our responsibility. 
Uh, so 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to do uh, verses 5 through 7. For this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and your moral excellence knowledge, and your knowledge self-control, and your self-control perseverance, and your perseverance godliness, and your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. This is a explicit command, things that we are commanded to do. And look at what it does. You supply this. You supply moral excellence excellence. With that moral excellence, you start supplying knowledge and then you start supplying self-control because now your knowledge about what is sin, you're like, eh, okay, I, I, I want to, but I can't. You're going to experience self-control. Once you are mastered self-control, you can now persevere in the light of sin and temptation. And then once you are persevering against the sin and temptation, you start bringing on this godly character. These are all actions because we recognize our responsibility to draw near to God. And then as we draw near to God, we start sinning less and less and less. It's a progress over time. And that progress is called sanctification. It's part of the overarching principle called salvation. But of course, salvation itself is not triggered by us doing good works and doing things. Our salvation is triggered one and only by God choosing and electing us and redeeming us by transforming our heart in that one principle of justification. Once that justification has occurred, then the sacrifice of Christ becomes the propitiation for our sins that we are no longer held account to those old sins. But part of this principle of salvation, we must start conforming ourselves with Christ. If you do not start conforming yourself with Christ, you are illustrating you are not really of him because you're not manifesting the fruit of him. But when does that happen? Well, it doesn't take 50 years. A person who who prayed a prayer of salvation in third grade vacation Bible school, who's lived the last next 50 years of his life as an absolute heathen, was never saved. If that person dies in that period of time, he's not going to heaven. He is not a saved individual. That little prayer did not make him saved because salvation is not in a prayer. Salvation is in justification, the transformation of our heart and the propitiation of our sins. And only when we have that justification and that propitiation do we start to becoming more like Christ. But part of this becomes our responsibility to recognize that we must draw near to God. And so that is uh, what we see from the scriptures in those particular verses. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. Have a look over the website, rwalkingchrist.com. We are actually going to try and do a newsletter this week. We did not get to it last week. Crazy things going on. Uh, we should get to one this week. Um, and I have a few fun ideas for it. So get subscribed over there. I think we're going to put the ebooks and audiobooks on sale. Uh, so if you've been looking at wanting to read the ebooks or listen to the audiobooks, I'm going to put them on a good sale on our website for those subscribed to the newsletter. Um, we're not going to put the sale on the print books because it is kind of a hassle for me to print. And uh, I do not, still do not have copies of um, uh, Joe Ash's influences in print right now. If you want the print copies, I'll direct you to Amazon uh, and, uh, or Barnes & Noble or some of the, you know, there's many places I sell the books online. Uh, have a look at the website on the books tab and you'll see the list of all the links I know about. Check your favorite bookstore. About the newsletter, we do use a double opt-in. So when you sign up for the newsletter, you will immediately get an email back. If you do not get an email back 
okay? Check your spam folder um, because if you do not hit that double opt-in, my system will not send you emails until that double opt-in is confirmed. It prevents somebody else from putting your email address in, uh, spam and things like that. So uh, have a look over there at the website uh, for more details on the newsletter. Thanks for watching and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.